We are not messing around on a Friday today. We have got tons to talk about today. That's because it's your last show before vacation, so you're deciding not to have vacation-itis. No, I'm trying to stay as focused as I can. At least until, like, noon. Right, yeah. Oh, by, by 12.15, I will have checked out. I'm Yay. just giving you a heads up, Kansas Yay. City. Please just remember the new clock and when you're allowed to go pee and uh, have to be back. It's the hardest part of this new, of this new clock it that really we have. Is, yes. uh, a lot of stuff to get to, including a new rule in South Carolina for kids and their parents when it comes to soccer. Uh, Kansas City, you did it again. And um, we have to get into, and I know Dana Parks chatted a little bit about this yesterday, about what they're going to be adding potentially in Missouri uh, to driver's ed. But the biggest story in the world going on right now is what is going on over in uh, in Germany right now, in Hamburg. It is the G20. It is the leaders of the world are all meeting together, including President Trump. And it's the long-awaited meeting between President Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin. And they are meeting as we speak behind closed doors. Oh. Um, they were asked about an agenda for the meeting. And, and we're going to play you some audio here mm-hmm. in a moment um, about the public appearance that they did before they went into this meeting behind closed doors. But if there is an agenda for that meeting, they are not talking about it publicly, of course. All, everyone's wondering if President Trump is going to say, so, hey, Vladdy, did you, uh, did you did meddle? You fear? That election. <laughs> did you can you just meddle? tell me no so that I can say you didn't? And and regardless of where you stand politically, the funniest part about this whole thing, we'll just play it. How's that? All right. So yes. p- picture uh, President Trump and President Putin in that awkward, you know, the two chairs next to each other and the American flag is behind President Trump and the Russian flag is behind President Putin. And then there's a little end table in between them and they do that awkward handshake. And on each side is their translator and then Rex Tillerson and another Russian diplomat and, and, and just try to listen as best you can. Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, what... See if you can tell us what they said, because <laughs> we're going to need help knowing exactly what they said. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. President Putin and I have been discussing various things. I think it's going very well. We've had some very, very good talks. Uh, we're going to have a talk now, and obviously that will continue. But we look forward to a lot of very positive things happening for Russia, for the United States, and for everybody concerned. And it's an honor to be with you. How many pictures of the two guys sitting in their chairs does the damn media need? They're barely moving. The 30th picture you get is going to look exactly the same as the first picture you get. The end of it sounds like gunfire. I mean, it sounds like we have a microphone somewhere near Baghdad and we're just recording this in Syria. Yeah, it really does. Or like they're they're playing with water guns or something, you know, because it sounds <laughs> yes. like a big super soaker. Yes. Going over and over and over again. I have no idea what he said. Can, Some, you, can you please tell me? Something about we're, we're talking, we got plans for a lot of stuff for the U.S. and Russia. You know, the generic statement that, that, that they're going to yeah. have. And, and Vladimir Putin spoke. And of course, the, the translators were there going back and forth. And just the sheer amount of camera clicks. That's not military training video. Right. All right. Um, So let me suggest next year, (laughs) next time around, one of two things. Pool photographs, you know, where you get, you allow six guys in the room to take pictures. Let all the journalists in that you want. That way everybody covers it themselves. Mm -hmm. But just do pool photojournalists in there so that you, you know, you pick six and everybody, everybody in the universe gets their pictures from those six or back the cameras up farther away. 
or, or from the yeah. microphone. Yeah, exactly. You know, or from the speakers or whatever. Just just put the put the photographers further back. <laughs> it's just hilarious bit. because yeah. everybody because you start watching it like I had it on CBS on one screen and then I got Twitter on the other and everybody. And I don't agree with Donald Trump Jr. on very much, mm-hmm. but even baby Trump was was tweeting about oh, how really? loud the cameras were. I mean, this is ridiculous. How many pictures of two old guys sitting in white chairs do you need? How many? Yeah. Remember back in the day, it was click, and you have to wind it, click, wind right. it. And that now, was worse. Now with digital, now it's like you just hold it. Yeah. I mean, you have that feature on your camera. Oh, sure. On and, your phone. And mine will do, um, what do they call that, burst shots? Burst shots, shots yeah. Where it'll do many, many in yeah. a row. Yeah, you just hold the thing down. Yeah. But I don't. it doesn't make a sound every time. You can they turn need it, that. You can turn that on. But or you could leave it off. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they could do is leave it off. It's ridiculous. Somebody said on the text line, "Next time they'll do audio only, like some of the news right. conferences." Yeah, just do audio only. If Spicer and Company had their way, it would just be audio, and this we, this would be all you get. So do we know? What's, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I know. I'm, after you know, what I'm going to do every time Try you start more of the show like that when you start talking. <laughs> <laughs> when I start disagreeing with something yes. you're saying, I can't hear you when over you, the camera clicks. When you get bored to start playing that. Um, <laughs> so do we know if they're doing a statement after? Are they doing a public appearance after this meeting so they can tell us very vaguely about what they talked about and give us no specifics whatsoever? Not sure. Uh, Trump said they're going to talk about various things. Uh, Putin said it was an honor to meet him in person. Because there had been debate about whether they had actually met before. Sure. There had been some mm-hmm. discrepancy in whether they'd actually met before. So... I would love to be a fly on the wall, just like I would have loved to have been there when he met Angela Merkel. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that meeting. Well, that meeting would have been more tense. Yeah. Angela and, and Donald Trump, they're not buddies. They do not. I mean, he they're, said that he basically said that she ruined Germany. Yeah, they're not close. Man. So, but, so Trump and Putin are meeting. Dun, dun, dun. Where did he end up staying last night? Do I don't know. know? Uh, I don't you know. You missed the story yesterday. Many of you criticized us for laughing about it because it was funny. It was. Uh, But the fact that President Trump's advance team waited too long to book hotels for this trip to the point that President Trump, I don't know when, I don't know when they finally got him somewhere to stay, but he didn't have a hotel for last night. Let me see if I can get an update. He didn't have a luxury hotel. Okay. So they, all the luxury hotels were booked. Yes, because it's the G20 summit. And, and many, many countries are there and they're all booking hotels to themselves. They're, they're just taking hotels. So we were a little late to the game. So we don't know if he slept on Air Force One, if he got a hostel, what he did last the, night. Uh, the Associated Press reported that Trump stayed at the Senate guest house. Oh, that okay. So that was offered to him. Yes. It's not quite Trump Tower. It's no. not quite what he's used to. Probably not, no. So, well, good. I'm glad he didn't have he, to. He didn't have to Airbnb. Yeah, he didn't have to Or it. hostel. Right. <laughs> but it sounds like some of his staff might have been hanging out in on uh, futons in somebody's office. So. Somebody go to Walmart and get a bunch of air beds. Right? Yes. <laughs> and we can get batteries for the inflator. Absolutely. We're going to need that. Yes. All right. Uh, you can read about it. The Trump and Putin meeting. Dun, dun, dun. On our Facebook page. Yes. Uh, as far as I can tell, that ends all of our Trump coverage for today, right? Good, because we're because the Trump bashing show ends then. We're all gonna, right. We're going to get that sounder, just so you're all aware <laughs> of when the Trump bashing segment of the show is going to begin, because that's what everybody thinks it is, regardless of what we actually say. So we're just going to... Yeah. Sorry. Yes, that's what we're going to... That's going to be the sounder right there. <laughs> all right, coming up, we'll tell you what South Carolina soccer, a youth soccer association is doing to quiet you parents down. Silent September, they're calling it. And we'll explain 
the reasoning behind this for them. We'll do that see next. See if you agree. It's midday with Jamie and Wicket, 98.1 KMBZ. 98.1 KMBZ, midday with Jamie and Wicket. Happy Friday to you. It's an especially happy Friday for you. Vacation starts in three hours and 42 minutes. But who's counting? But who's counting? I mean, yes. really, who's counting? And again, I'm not going anywhere exotic. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't know. If, I, I mean, I've never been to Detroit. Is it not exotic? It's nice. There's parts I would never, ever allow you to walk through. Well, <laughs> but, uh, so when that's the second thing, like when you say it's nice, but. Well, I mean, it just got ranked as the worst city to live in. Now, but sometimes that that that's not fair. I sometimes would, that title's not fair. I would take you to different parts of okay. it. I would take you to the sites. I would take you downtown. I would take you to Greek Town. I would take you to different places. We go to the Motown Museum. Is there a cool downtown? Yes. Oh, I always appreciate a neat downtown. There's a booming downtown. Just okay. there's like a two mile radius, and then other than that, you, you're on your own. Well, you just <laughs> you're said. on your own. <laughs> so I can go if I'm by myself, no, but you're not going with I'm, me. I'm saying in general, outside of this two hour or two mile radius, it's a little sketchy. It's a little bit sketchy. So well, we're glad you're here instead of there. Um, so yeah, it's like I said, I'm not going anywhere exotic, but it's a it's a friends trip, it's a family trip, and a wedding trip uh, to go on. But gotcha. it'll be nice. It'll be nice. But I will miss everyone tremendously because the weather here next week. I just saw the forecast. Not a drop of rain. Oh. And 90s. Oh. And one day next week for the extended forecast, I saw Lezak on 41 tell me it was going to be 99 next week. Oh, see, you like that. I do. I would like to, I'd rather be gone. No. For that. I love that. I'm going to miss that. I am. Wow. I, I, a lot of pool days I'm going to be missing out on. First first rule Friday doesn't start until 1 o'clock. Okay, let me write this down. Save that. I've got two. You're missing pool days. I've got two travel While you're issues. you're on vacation. Yeah, you have another one. Yep. Yep. That yep. one I, I tried to solve for you, but it's genuinely <laughs> just a problem that no solution exists for. One of my uh, favorite topics to talk about is about you, parents. Oh, yes. I know you're not talking to me. No, no, not you. In the least smooth transition yes. I've ever done. <laughs> um, so There's something about parents that drives me insane, and that is when you parents go to your kids' games and you scream your heads off at coaches and at referees because your son, who's the next LeBron James or the next Mike Moustakis or the, the next Tom Brady playing for Shawnee Mission North as the sixth kid off the bench or your nine-year-old in a soccer league doesn't score 40 goals in a game, you scream your heads off. And I hate that. I would like us to pull that cut. And in like 10 or 12 years, when Wicket has children that are competing in sports and he's the yeller in the crowd, we're going to play that back for him. (laughs) Because I think that's an easy thing to say. But once you're a parent in that situation and you're excited for your kid or you're exuberant, then I think you're harder to control, Mm. I I guess. Uh -uh. I'm never going to be yelling parent. I'm never going to be yelling parent. Will we be yelling parent? Uh, she's going to hope the kid is in gymnastics and, and, and ice, jazz and, ja- and, and jazz. Mm-hmm. Theater. <laughs> those, those are the things she's going to hope for. Places where there aren't yelling. But this story comes to us out of South Carolina. Yes. And uh, we're at the point, they're having a really hard time keeping soccer referees. Uh, Kenneth Ayers, the state referee administrator for soccer in South Carolina, said, we are only retaining about 30% of our referees every year. We have 16, 15-year-old kids who are being berated and, quite frankly, assaulted by the sidelines. The problem, they say, is parents. And so with that, the incidents have forced the South Carolina Youth Soccer Association 
to kick off a new initiative called Silent September. You can call it a punishment for parents. Let me tell you some of the rules for Silent September. All parents and visitors shall be silent during the game. No cheering, no jeering. Just enjoy your player and the game they love. Also, during the silent September, all parents and visitors shall be on that half of the parent touchline opposite their team's bench. So, other side. Mm. Okay. So, wait a minute. I have to sit on the opposite side for my team. Yes. And I have to be quiet. That way, if you do cheer, it sounds like you're cheering for the other team. Man. Okay. Uh, Okay, go on. In the event of a parent or visitor violating that rule, on the first instance during a game, the referee will ask, and they put ask, and there are a lot of capital letters in this, they will ask the coach to counsel his parents or visitors to remain silent. On the second instance during the game, the referee will tell the coach to counsel his parents or visitors to remain silent. When it happens a third time, the referee will direct the coach to dismiss the offending spectator. If they do not leave or the coach refuses, the coach will be kicked out. If there is not an appropriately carded adult to continue coaching the game, the game will be forfeited and the circumstances reported to the association. Likewise, if the spectator refuses to leave, even after the coach is disqualified and sent away, the game will be abandoned and again, the association will be told. Um, Whoa. Prior to the beginning of the season, each team manager shall get parent signatures on behalf of each player on their roster, acknowledging they know of these new rules. Team managers are expected to be on the parent touchline in order to address any inappropriate behaviors directly. Uh, And then they've got sanctions. Like they say, teams, parent groups, individuals who are reported as having been dismissed from a game are subject to sanctions for their conduct. Repeat offenders will be sanctioned more severely. And they are saying this at the very end. The purpose of this silent September is to make parents and visitors aware of the focus on appropriate sideline behavior and of the existence of a code of conduct and to reestablish that managing parent-visitor behavior is the responsibility of coaches and clubs, not referees. That's one of the biggest things they're doing here, if you didn't catch up, if you didn't catch that part. It's that they are, the referees are not going to be dealing with parents directly initially. They're, they're really putting that responsibility on the coaches and on the team management and taking that off the referees. I love this rule. Do you? I, I, I think it, I love this rule to a, to a point. All okay. right. What part of it do you love? Five, seven, six, seven, seven, nine, eight. What do you think about silent September in this soccer association and about parents who just go cra- and soccer moms and dads, mostly moms, soccer parents are the worst. And let me ask this too. Should this be applied to other sports? Should the, this is just soccer. What a bit, would it be harder to apply at basketball or football? Yeah, it would be, know? it would definitely be harder at, well, it would be a lot harder at basketball because the game is nonstop. And I know right. soccer the fans, action. Get, soccer fans going to get mad at me because soccer fan will tell me the game is nonstop. Sure. Okay, fine. But it's not in a small indoor, much closer, you know, you're, you're right on top of the, the, the court. The, the, the basketball court is smaller than the soccer field. It would be very hard to do this at basketball. It would be very difficult. And I'll tell you another place where this would be valuable. And jump on in if you, what you and let us know what you think of a silent September. <laughs> Baseball. Baseball parents are the worst because the game is slow. Right. The game is already quiet. And if, a, if, an umpire, if an umpire calls a ball when it should be a strike, little Timmy's mom is going to scream her damn head off from the mm-hmm. sideline. Blah, blah, blah. Um, this would be very hard to enforce. And it's look, if and it would be tough to know which parent was doing the yelling. 
No. You don't think no, so? No, you can use- If that parent's quiet there's usually, and no one fesses up? There's usually one or you can usually pick them out of a crowd. It, it, it's, okay. not, it's not that hard. Okay. You, you can always tell which mom is the giant bee or which dad is the, the one who had a couple of whiskeys before his kids- 9.30 in the morning t-ball game. Uh-huh. You can always tell which dad that is. I like this, but to a, to a point. And this, is, uh, this kind of incorporates another story that we have printed out that kind of goes with this. I have no problem if you root for your team, especially when the kid's 11, all right? Mm-hmm. Kids 9, 10, 11, root for your kid. That's great. You shouldn't be disallowed from, a, from from rooting on your team in a positive manner. It's when you get the few bad apples that spoil the bunch, that ruin it for the other parents, that everything is 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 bad. It's all the referee's fault. And, and that's when the negative chanting from mom and dad at the 10-year-old t-ball game goes too far. Let me read to you a bit from a piece called Stop Telling Youth Sports Parents to Shut Up. <laughs> this was done out of Forbes several years ago, but it was in response to a similar story to this when there was a school district in Indianapolis that looked at something like this. This is written by a guy named uh, Bob Cook, who said a few things that we should all keep in mind about sports parents. Number one, People are generally irrational about their children. A coach or program that expects, no, demands parents to view their players in the same cold, rational way that he or she does it is going to have an even more difficult conflict with mom and dad than usual. Uh, he says the parent's child has only one childhood while a coach or program will live on no matter what happens to that child. Then he says, youth sports is not immune from the consumer economy and parents know that. So ultimately it comes down to the money. Parents are putting in the money to help keep that program going and you can't tell that parent how to behave. Then they say, given those two points, it behooves coaches and leagues to ask parents about their expectations. I have sat in plenty of meetings where a coach or league official told me what my responsibilities were, but I've never had a coach or league official ask me what my expectations were for my child. I understand that particular when coaches are volunteers, uh, there's hardly enough time for that sort of thing. And heaven knows I never made the effort when I coached either, but I wonder if a lot of those conflicts would be avoided if you talk to parents ahead of time instead of forcing rules upon them. Five seven six seven seven nine eight. What do you think of the idea of silent September that the South Carolina Youth Soccer Association is implementing this fall? I like it, but I don't like it because, and I, I know that's the wrong answer for talk radio, but the it, honest answer it it shuts up the the jerks, but it, but it shuts up everybody. But it and that's shuts the up problem. everybody, and that's the problem. So how do you just shut up the jerks? That's the question. You just be like, all right, who are the loud people? You have to sit far away. We give them the that's cheap not seat. Fix no, it. I know they're going to get louder. Five seven six seven seven nine eight. We got a coach on the line. Also, uh, we've got somebody else. We'll get to Corey. We'll get to Ken. We've got some great Facebook comments as well. Ninety eight one KMBZ midday with Jamie and Wicket. Jamie Monticelli, Mike Wicket. Happy Friday to you. Coming up, we'll uh, jump into that conversation about what might be in your kids' driver's ed classes. Coming up right at eleven oh five later on this hour. You did it again, Kansas City. Congratulations. Hey. Uh, right now, though, we're talking about you, parents. And your kids' youth groups and the way that they, I'm sorry, youth sports groups. And should you shut up? Uh, The South Carolina Youth Soccer Association thinks you should, at least for September. They're doing what they're calling Silent September. And it comes because they're having a really difficult time keeping referees. In fact, they say they're only retaining about 30% of their referees each year. And they say the problem is that you've got teenage kids who are referees that are being screamed at by adults from the sidelines. 
So they say, starting with that September, all parents and visitors should be silent during the game. No cheering, no jeering. And all parents and visitors will be on the half of the parent touchline opposite their team's bench. So you got to sit on the other gotta side. Got to sit on the other, other side. <laughs> and then basically you go through a series of, if you do it the first time this happens, do it the second time this happens. You eventually get to a point where if you keep doing it or you refuse uh, to do the next thing, then they will kick the parent out of the game. They'll kick the coach out of the game. They'll eventually make the team forfeit the game oh. if necessary. And, and what bothers me is parents can't control themselves. But on the flip side of this, this means you can't cheer. Like, I can't say, way you to go, cheer. Timmy. So it punishes everybody for the bad behavior of some. Is it a good idea? Should it be implemented into more sports? 576-7798 or text in at 22980. Let's start with uh, Corey on 98.1 KMBZ. Corey, happy Friday, bud. Hey, how are you guys? Great. Hi. Yeah, I uh, I agree with it to, to an extent. You know, the, the negative yelling and all that never good on the kids to hear you know so a, a good environment where you can focus on on the ball you're playing i think it's good but you know my wife she umpires softball on weekends oh so, man yeah nine times out of ten it's the same parents doing the same stuff every week you know and if it's not the parents it's the parents kids that are doing it you know we're talking 10 11 12 you know so I definitely think it, it is, to a degree, a good idea. What? Uh, by the way, why does she? So, why does she umpire softball? Well, she enjoys the game. Okay, she, you know, enjoys if she can help kids, you know, learn or, or teach them something new in, in the process. That's uh, what she enjoys. I was going to say that sounds like masochism almost to me, Corey. <laughs> you take care, buddy. Have a good weekend. Five seven six seven seven nine eight. Because that's like you setting yourself up for your. If you're going to umpire youth sports in any, man, you have to. Yeah. You know, going in, you're going to be the least favorite person in that entire sporting arena by a lot of adults. Here's an interesting comment from the text line. I yeah. don't know what sport this is, but somebody said we have this rule already. If a parent yells negative comments, the coach is warned. If they do it again, the coach is red carded and kicked out. They say it has worked from parent peer pressure. If we hear a parent being negative, we say something so our coach doesn't get kicked out. That's soccer, and by it, the way. Okay, that would be mm-hmm. soccer. And then eventually the team forfeiting. You know, I would because that's what happens in this case. Yeah. If the coach has to leave and there's no one else to coach the team, the team has to forfeit. Five seven six seven seven nine eight. Ken and KC, you're on ninety eight one KMBZ. Hi, Ken. Hey, how you doing? Not hey. bad. What's up? Well, I was a, I was an umpire for many many years uh, back in Illinois, and we have always had our hardy tractors also. Uh, but a couple things we taught the kids and, and try to teach the kids were, uh, you know, inject some humor into back to the people who are giving you time. Like, for instance, I was umpiring one time, and the guy was really didn't like my strike zone. So about the fourth inning, I took my mask off, took my glasses off, stuck up to the screen, said, "Here, sir, you need these more than I do," which just which just broke everybody up, and that was the end of that. But the other thing that we did is we always had an umpire, a supervising umpire, which I was, and other people were. We didn't tolerate it. They're giving one of our teenagers a really, really bad time. The umpire supervisor would go over and say, you need to quiet down or leave. And it took care of things because if the team, if the guy didn't leave, the coach was uh, kicked out. And if they only had one coach, the team forfeited. So it works. But humor works, too. Nice. You know, a good it, idea. It's funny, too. If you shame everybody, in fr- or if you shame the person in front of everybody, 
that person is more likely to shut up. For sure. You do it in part because of the audience. Sometimes I don't think people realize these parents, I don't think they realize that they're, they're sticking out. Really? I don't think know. They don't I think they're just doing it because they think that their kid had better... Had, I better get balls and strikes from Ken better. I think they're just passionate about it. You know, I don't think they're thinking it through. I think they're just, I don't think they think my kid's going to go on and play for Major League Baseball. I think they're just passionate about their kid your and kid, about their kids playing. Your kid's not playing but, for the Royals. But what if Eric Hosmer's parents had said that? Eric Hosmer went on to play for the Royals. Of, so some kids make it. Of, let's say there's 200 kids in this soccer league. Can be 200 kids. Yeah. 20 will go on to play at the high school level. Well, that's still 20. One of them will go on to play at the college level. That's still one. All right. Okay, maybe five will go on to play at the college level. One of them may have a chance one day to try out for Sporting KC. All right. Your kids are not, 99.9% of your kids are not playing at the professional level. You're not getting rich because your son can hit a three-pointer. He's not the next LeBron James. even if they were, you can still be the classy parent. Yes. Even if your kid is the best kid on the team, Mm -hmm. still be the parent that doesn't yell the loudest. Hey, Ken, thanks for the call, man. Let's go to Nathan in Overland Park. You're on 98.1 KMBZ. Hi, Nathan. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. What's up? Um, From the ages of 17 to 21, I rap. For YMCA soccer, and oh. I played as well. Oh man, um, yeah. <laughs> and um, when I was 19, there was a game, uh, and I think they were like 14, 15 year olds. Uh, had a kid, slide tackle, no ball, so it was a yellow card. A little while later, slide tackled with his foot up, caught the kid in the shin, so it was a second yellow card, red card, so he was thrown out of the game. At the end of the game, walking to my car, his dad was waiting in the parking lot for me. For what? Was wow. he going to fight you? Yeah, he he was he was going to fight me. What happened? I was bigger than he was. <laughs> did you did throw he... a punch or did you just intimidate no, him? No, no. I I'm I'm six three and about two hundred pounds. Oh, okay. Did you? So, just, like... I mean, there, there there was it was just an intimidate. I didn't do anything to say anything, but. I guess on the field, I look smaller. What uh, what was the confrontation like? I gave his son a red card. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, like, when he walked, oh, when he well, was, was he, he waiting at your car? <laughs> no, he was just waiting outside the gate. Oh, man. But, I mean, at, when he got the first yellow card, the guy was yelling at us. Uh, the second yellow card, a red card, I mean, just losing his mind. And then it got quiet. Well, Nathan, when uh, then, w- when you hear about this silent September, do you think this is a good idea to to wait out everybody because of a few bad apples? Well, I think I think it's a good thing um, for them to start with, and then parents will get involved and shut the other parents up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the last thing you want is for your kid to be punished by a game forfeit because of this other parent. Yeah, or and the, coach the coach has is, to leave. Well, and if the coach has to leave and mm-hmm. there's nobody else to coach the team, then your kid suffers. And, and, and what I always thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe the text line will correct me because I always do. I thought it was a game. I thought youth sports were a game, no. a, a learning experience. I thought this was teaching no. them how to work as a team. It is, but you also want to win, right? No. <laughs> I mean, 11. don't coaches also want to win? But even at 11. And I don't like these everybody gets a trophy leagues. 
I get the difference between winning and losing, but let the kids learn how to win and lose on their own. What kind of an example are you setting if you're chasing after poor Nathan yeah. in the parking lot because you committed a couple of uh, a yellow card or red card fouls? Well, what that also does is it shows disrespect for the referee's call or the umpire's call. Mm-hmm. And I would think that's a bad thing to teach your kids. You're right about that. You know, do, I, I assume. Don't you want your kids to know not, you know, the ref is the ref, the umpire is the umpire, you take their call. And it's not okay to just fight them in the parking lot after if you don't like it. Let me write that down. Do not write that fight. one down. Don't, don't fight, fight the umpire. Ref don't, parking lot. Yeah, don't throw a punch just because you don't like the rules. As a prospective former uh, future parent, I'm going to make sure yeah. I write these rules. The Keep things a book I learned, somewhere. the stuff from I me. learned from Jamie. Yes, from me. <laughs> All right, drink whiskey neat. Yes. Don't fight. These are lessons. This will be For a book. Parenting. This will be a book. Yes. Lessons from Mike Wicket. Yes. The words and wisdom of Jamie Monticelli. <laughs> yes. Um, real quick, let's mention there was the Wisconsin story too, real fast. Yeah. Um, so this has been happening because you moved here from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so talk about that for just one second. I, I remember I was doing sports talk in Milwaukee for a while. I remember this popped up from the Wisconsin uh, Interscholastic Athletic Association. This email went out last January. Uh to all the athletic directors with a list of words and cheers that they deemed contrary to good sportsmanship. I will tell you what the words yep. are. I'll tell Hold you what the cheers that. are. Because I'll tell you, a year and a half ago when I was still doing sports talk on that station, I lost my poo. You will too when you hear some of these words and phrases that were banned. It's Midday with Jamie and Wicked. We'll hit you with that. Plus Kansas City, you did it again. What was it? Come on, figure it out. Vote Moose. That's next on 98.1 KMBZ. 98.1 KMBZ, Midday with Jamie and Wickets, Jamie Monticelli, Mike Wicket. Coming up at 11 o'clock, we'll get into this conversation uh, about what could be coming to your kids' driver's ed classes. Pretty interesting stuff that I think is really, really valuable. Yes, something that I have been through many times and was never really taught how to handle. And now we want kids to know how to handle it. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's not me that, I, I don't think I'm the inspiration behind this. You sure about that? No, but no, I don't think so. I, I do not believe it's you, but uh, we'll get into that coming up at 11.05. Uh, also, I know that Scott and Dana were talking a lot about this yesterday. We will get into the South Dakota vacationing family who witnessed and was scared for their life because of a brawl. And I think it is an important conversation to have. We'll get into that coming up next hour. But we told you about this uh, email that went out to the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association about a year and a half ago. And I was doing sports talk on a station up there before I was fortunate enough to come down here to Kansas City. And this was a list of cheers that have been deemed contrary to good sportsmanship. The list went viral after a three-sport athlete was suspended for five games for tweeting her criticism of the list. Um, These are the words you can't, or the cheers, according to the email for the WIAA, the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association, you can't do at games. And this is still in effect, we assume, right? As as far as I know, this is still in effect. Now, this is mostly uh, indoor sports, like basketball, and there's one in here for hockey. Think about not being allowed at a basketball game when somebody is dribbling and dribbles off their foot, and what do you cheer? You cheer fundamentals. Right. Can't cheer that anymore. Wow. You can't cheer fundamentals. Uh, if you go to a hockey game, I don't know how much high school hockey there is around here, but up north there's a lot more. The word civ, civ, civ. When a goalie lets in a goal, right. you can't yell right. that. 
I know that probably you hear that when you go to Mavericks games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when the opposing crowd is very, very quiet because your team's on a big run. Yeah. And you can't, you're not allowed to chant, we can't hear you. We can't. You're not allowed to chant that anymore. Okay, truly, there's several on this list. We'll go through the rest. Yep. That's the one so far that I'm like, what? Like, that's just, that's. there's nothing negative about that at all. Can't hear it. Dumb. Can't hear it. Um, you hear this at every basketball game yeah. ever. When somebody jacks up a three or whatever and it misses everything. In Wisconsin, you can no longer cheer or chant, air ball. You can't. It's on the list. Um, when you travel or you take, uh, you know, you double dribble or whatever. Break you, a rule. You can't chant. You can't do that. You can't cheer. You can't hear that. Um, this is, I like this one. There's a net there. You can't cheer that either. Funny. You can't cheer. There's a net there. And let's say you're in the playoffs and my team beats your team, uh-huh. or as the clock's winding down and you know your your season is over, you cannot cheer. Season's over. You can't do any of that okay, so up in Wisconsin. The motivation behind these seems to be this element of bullying's not the word I want, but like keeping the negativity out of it entirely. To me, this is not just parent behavior because some of these aren't that bad. It's trying to take any of the negativity out of competition, which seems unrealistic. Like we're trying to, I hate the word snowflake, but we're trying to keep kids in a bubble and not oh, yeah. let them hear, not let, not let them be distracted, not let them hear anything negative, Ugh. no criticism. This is awful. This is, I mean. How did this pass? How did this go forward? I, I really don't know. Wow. Um, and this is from the email. Obtained by the Appleton Post Crescent. Appleton is halfway between Milwaukee and Green Bay, pretty much. As we review the fall tournaments and the sportsmanship evaluations and observations, we want to address concerns with a notable increase in the amount of chance by student sections directed at opponent and or opponent supporters that are clearly intended to taunt or disrespect. Taunt or disrespect. Okay. Not wanting to restrict creativity or enjoyment, an enthusiastic and boisterous display of support for a school's team is welcomed and encouraged at interscholastic events when directed in a positive manner. However, any action directed at opposing teams or their spectators with the intent to taunt, disrespect, distract, or entice an unsporting behavior in a response is not acceptable sportsmanship. Student groups, school administrators, and event managers should take immediate steps to correct this unsporting behavior. Are you kidding me? Did they offer a list of replacement chants? <laughs> then here are the things you can say instead. And for those of you that have more exposure to sports than I do, 22980 or 5767798, we'll read the list again because that word sportsmanship comes up. Mm-hmm. Are yelling these things, is that unsportsmanship behavior? That's not the right way no, to No, you're put right. That. But is that right? You're is right. this unsportsmanlike? To yell these things. Are these things that bad? Or is it any chanting from the crowd that could be used to distract a player unsportsmanlike? Unbelievable. All right, read the, let's go through the list again. Fundamentals. Civ. We can't hear you. Air ball. There's a net there. You can't do that. And season's over. Okay, so is that unsportsmanlike behavior yeah, to yell those things? <sighs> No. Because I mean, they're meant to distract right. and they're meant to criticize and be jerkish. 
it it might be unsportsmanlike, uh-huh. but so what? But that was their that was their defense was that it's unsportsmanlike. Come on, and uh, that it's taunting. Uh, Jay Billis is one of the best college basketball analysts on the planet. Works for ESPN, and he was even tweeting about this, and it's in the story. And he was jokingly, he's got you know million followers or whatever, two million followers. Uh, acceptable chance for the WIAA on free throw attempt. Quote. We cannot in good conscience pretend we want you to make this, but wish you good luck nonetheless. That chant doesn't roll off that well. Yeah. <laughs> that chant doesn't roll off that well. Yeah. As opposed to air ball. So is it, shouldn't they, should they not be doing it? You know, is it taunting? Is it, is it distracting? Somebody said on the text line earlier when we were talking about soccer that, now keep in mind, I know that basketball is a smaller space yes. than soccer, of course. But somebody said when their kid plays soccer, their kid doesn't hear them yelling from the stands. That they are so focused on the game, the kid is, that they don't hear them yelling from the stands. Now, yes, keep in mind, in basketball, that's smaller. You're going to hear them more. But is that true, that the kid's not going to notice anyway? Um, when you're in the zone, you don't really hear it. Actually, uh-huh. to me, the, when I've, I've gone to hundreds of high school basketball games. I used yeah. to call it when I was in high school, and, 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 and as a professional, I called some playoff games. The taunting from the fans is more so fan to fan, fan base to fan base. Right. Is more so fan base to fan base, and and that's where the you know the two, especially if they're from from two schools that don't have you know a a ton of people, and like in their city, smaller towns, Uh those fans are so passionate about their sports. Not to say that you know a big district like Shawnee Mission doesn't have passionate fans, but they go back and forth, and it's all they have. Well, your community is built around it. There are some there are some cities where, and we talk about this, um, you know, a lot of cities in Western Kansas. That's yeah. why they fight school consolidation and district consolidation because your community revolves around your school, and so you know it's a small town like that. Somebody just said on the text line, "I only played high school sports, but you never heard what the crowd was chanting. You were too focused on the game." And and exactly like I said, it's mostly, it's mostly the fans back and forth. That's where the battle really is. Uh, it, 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 I mean, to me, airball is part of basketball. Right. right. You know, I I know that there are some chants between the, the Jayhawks and K State that might go over the line, but that's not airball. That's right. that's not. Uh, season's over. That's not fundamentals. And then somebody said, good luck when you step into a professional team mm-hmm. from college if you can't handle the crowd noise. Well, as you said, none of them are going on to professional teams, so well, we don't have to worry and, about it. And that's it. a really good point, too, because, you know, once you start escalating your game, you start facing people who are great trash talkers in right. your face. Right. And if you can't handle a cheering section from Ottawa, Kansas, uh-huh. you think you're going to get in front of a guy who may have played you know, at a higher level than you, and you guys face off each other in, in college, you better darn be ready for some trash talk. Yeah. You know, the greatest competitors of all time, the Kobe Bryants, Larry Birds, Michael Jordans, great trash talkers. If you can't handle a crowd from western Kansas or southeastern Missouri, good luck, buddy. And somebody agreed with you. I was a heckler at my high school. This is a texter. Uh, it was section to section, not necessarily section to players. Uh, by the way, one girl, when this list came out, her name was uh, April Gell, somewhere in Wisconsin at Hilbert High School. I have no idea where that is. She tweeted, eat bleep, W-I-A-A. <laughs> nice. And then she was suspended for five games. Classy. Uh, Mike on 98.1 KMBZ. Hey, Mike, happy Friday. Thanks, man. The thing that bothers me about the headline part is when it's either targeted for sale socioeconomic reasons or for racial reasons. I've been I've been in crowds that have been victimized 
by hecklers heckling us because we're Native American. And I remember what happened a year or two ago, reading about what happened at Lone Shack when they harassed people from inner city Kansas City. No, I, I, you know what? I've heard those. And, and I think last year we were talking about the Trump chants. Right. You know, when a white school would play a black school, we, we had conversations about Trump chants and build the wall when it was a yeah. Hispanic school. That's not airball to me. That, no, that's, that's different. That to me, if and it's sad that we use the president of the United States as a as a racial component. But that to me is not the exact same. That's personal. This yeah. is not personal. This is about the game. It really is. Uh, we'll put the story up on Facebook. And you can check it out or I'll tweet it at KMBZ Radio. It's 1058 straight ahead. Would you want to be taught how to get pulled over?